to the Movie Machine Podcast, where we, Hot Chocolate Media, with some outstanding guests from the Hollywood industry, create a movie for you very quickly, based on a random prop given us to us from Google slash the internet. Today we have some very uh, talented people with us. We have James Fairbairn, who is the uh, continuity supervisor on Face Off with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. And then we have Matt Alex, who was the uh, Ahmad Best voice coach in episode one, The Phantom Menace. And then we have uh, John Euchre, who is the popcorn popper on Troll 2. Awesome. <laughs> so with, with this you know, wealth of skill and Hollywood background, starting with our writer today, we give you this prompt. The theme of this story is wacky conflict. Mm-hmm. The main character is a cruel druid, and the major, major event of the story is promotion. Okay. You have three minutes. All right. Well, first thing, uh, Druid, I think it's been a little while since I've seen a good fantasy movie, so I'm going to write a fantasy script. Um, I'm going to make a semi-historical comedy about uh, Stonehenge being built, but also throw in some magical stuff, Um, especially for for the sake of comedy. Um, I don't want it to be a Jonah Hill comedy, but I, I'm feeling like that's probably going to be what we can what we can make happen. Uh, so that style of gross out, uh, you know, Adam Sandler dick and fart joke stuff, along with uh, setting. Setting's going to be uh, pretty easy. You know, uh, I'm just going to write everything into large grassy plains. Or forests and then um, as far as magic goes I think the promotion uh, that the druid gets uh, is that this druid is then tasked reaches a certain uh, level of druidity and uh, is then tasked with uh, keeping track of a dragon Uh, the last dragon and uh, this is actually the reason that Stonehenge is built uh, is to help with this, and uh, so we watch this process, uh, and and it's a, kind of a terrible promotion, because uh, not only is this an endangered animal, but it also wants to kill you. So it's really, you know, I uh, and I almost feel like we could probably level the level the gross out comedy so that it's family friendly. Uh, so I'll probably just write, you know, in some good kid jokes and sight gags, and make it make it nice and uh, and family friendly. A little grown up, but you know, kind of a, a coming of age story for this druid. That's uh, that'll be good. And uh, I don't want it to be uh, the same as like How to Train Your Dragon or anything like that. So I I don't think I'm gonna make them friends. Um. 
which means that I need someone else for uh, for this druid to play off of. I think it's going to be a girl druid. I think she's going to, you know, hell, it's not the 90s anymore. She's going to meet another girl, and she's going to have a platonic, slightly romantic relationship with this other girl from from the village. Maybe fall in love with her brother, or maybe not fall in love with her brother, maybe fall in love with her. It's it's time. It's an idea whose time has come. So that's uh, that's the story. Do you have a title for this movie? I I do. Um, the other side is greener. Hmm. So our director Matt Alex, you have the script. The other side is greener, starring a unnamed female druid, her female companion who may or may not be romantic, in a wacky Adam Sandler esque gross out comedy. Well, as you'd imagine, when the script first crossed my desk, I, I fell in love with it immediately. I mean, I recognized it had some flaws, but uh, it had the bones of what could become a classic, uh, clearly visible through its anorexic skin. And I realized that this was a chance for us to do something special. Um, first of all, I thought, clearly this is an idea that is, is too big for, uh, for a movie, too big for theaters. This is the kind of story that could only be told as a sci-fi miniseries, something that would be spread out over the course of, let's say, I'm thinking like a month of Sundays. Um, our, our druid, our heroic lead, uh, will obviously uh, be played by Fruza Balk, uh, who could possibly compete with, uh, with Fruza Balk for uh, magical intent and slight off-putting creepiness, as we all learned from the craft and uh, Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, now... The important thing, and I think this is the writer is, is on to something here with the idea that, you know, this being a more modern interpretation, there might be this weird kind of uh, indefinable, perhaps uh, romantic attraction, perhaps just bond between our, our lead and another female character. And I think, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that is most satisfying in movies when a director rediscovers a star for whom we haven't necessarily seen a lot of work lately. So I'm picturing this role, this, this secondary role, uh, being played by uh, Alicia Silverstone, who would, who would show up to be plucky and kind of adorable and with that weird lispiness. And, you know, in, in a moment of need, uh, in that, that, that really intense scene when, uh, when our, our hero, the, our druid, is uh, recuperating and, and having difficulty, by, uh, Alicia Silverstone could pre-chew her food and spit it into her mouth for her, allowing her to recover. And giving her the strength to go on, um, but again, you want to make sure that it's not too weird because you gotta, you know, you gotta make sure that it's got broad enough appeal. So I think once again we reunite Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd, who plays the uh, the the not he's not a druid exactly. He's not exactly a warlock. He's somewhere, but he's he's something kind of a more of an uppity stage magician that follows him around is in a bit more bumbling. Um, he's going to be the source of many of your gross-out gags. Of course, all of them were trained uh, by the, the wise and leader of the local magic guild, who will be played by Oliver Platt, um, who I think is heroically undervalued in his potential as a, uh, as a wizened uh, kind of father figure or, uh, or, or mentor to, uh, to younger folks. It's going to be, I, like I said, it's, I'm thinking we need at least four, maybe six parts 
much of it shot on green screen. In fact, I think really to achieve my vision, I don't want any of the actors in the same room at the same time ever. I feel like all that could do is poison the well because each of them are going to bring such a unique vision and take to their character that any interaction could only hurt the movie. So, our producer, John, you have a, the... What was the title? The other, the other uh, side is greener. The other, other side, side is, is greener. greener. A uh, gross-out uh, period comedy set in ancient times in front of a green screen, starring Feruza Balt, Alicia Silverstone, Paul Rudd, and Oliver Platt. Thank <laughs> you, So, what kind of budget? Oh, uh, what kind of budget are you gonna give this film? And how are you gonna wring all uh, wring some profits out of it? Well. The whole green screen individual actor idea, that saves money. I'll tell you that right there. That helps. Now, on the one hand, Paul Rudd, perfect for that role. I read the script. He's perfect. On the other hand, he's tied up in those Marvel movies. He's tied up in there, and they're making the Ant-Man sequel. They got a lot in there, so, I mean, it's like... It's like, it could, and that could lead to, I mean, do we want, do we want a burnt out Paul Rudd? Uh, I mean, I mean, cause like, we could still cast him, but then he wouldn't exactly have that, that Rudd magic, you know, like a magic he has. So I'm thinking we need to think of like a, a backup. I hate to think of backups. I hate backups, but I mean, who's a good backup Paul Rudd? We'll get to that later. Um, but anyway, moving on. Uh, so, we have that that's good, the green screen, so we can pretty much recreate anything we need uh, for that. Uh, the dragon, uh, I mean, the title, the, uh, uh, greener on the other side, or whatever the hell it is, uh, it's good. However, we've seen this relationship about druids, these druid these druid girls, and, and Oliver Platt. I like me some Oliver Platt. I do. I mean, I'm a chubby, hairy guy myself. <laughs> I like to see more chubby, hairy guys. So, we're cool with him. And, and like, he's on TV right now. On one of the Chicago med Chicago shows, we can fit in his schedule. That's cool. Fruza Ball, love her. Cool. Alicia Silverstone eh, creeps me out, but hey, what the hell? But and but like you said, the bird thing. Eh, we, she can't do the bird thing. I'm sorry, she can't do the bird thing. I know. I know you really wanted that bird feed thing, and I know it was important. We can't do that. That's gonna creep people out. That's gonna creep you. I was trying to sell this to Netflix. To get some money, because that's where some of the money is, subscription money. We're going to get some money from that. I don't know if that's going to work. I think we need, like, but anyway, getting back, we need to put Dragon or Druid, or the Druids and the Dragon, or the Dragon and the Druids as a title. I think that needs to happen because then people know what it's about uh, in, into there. And I think, I think conceivably, somewhere in between the, like, the 50 to maybe $60 million range in there, I think, uh, the, just because of, of the CGI, I think, if you were trying to do it live on that budget, it wouldn't work. Because you're doing that, I can get you a little bit more. Maybe you can spend a bit more on actors in that area around there. But no no chewing food and feeding bird-like from anybody to anybody. So, just to recap, we, we have our movie cast. We have our budget. So everyone's going to get a second shot here. So starting with our writer, you have your budget of 50 to $60 million. You have your cast... You have your green screen studio. Where do you go from here? How do you make tweaks? Production has started, or pre-production. Well, uh, I think having a Paul Rudd alike, uh, somebody like uh, Jason Siegel, 
for How I Met Your Mother. Uh, he's got just exactly, and I mean, like the producer said, Hollywood doesn't have enough films with slightly paunchy, sort of hairy dudes. So I feel like he'll help to fill out that cast, uh, both literally and figuratively. And he's a great actor. Uh, he's going to be great for a gross-up comedy. He's actually worked with Paul Rudd in a number of features, so um, I can write that character with him in mind. Uh, whether we get him or not, I can write that character with him in mind. Um, I, I think that we will find other ways to suggest at romance between the two girls without having one of them throw up into the other one's mouth. I think that one... Thank you. I think I think a full-on lesbian relationship would probably be easier for the crowd to handle than, than vomiting. Um, and uh, theaters aren't going to like it if they can't sell snacks. So I think we're going we're gonna to write in... Uh, I really like the tender care uh, aspect of, of that, but I think we can reduce the, the gross-out factor. I think making this good for kids uh, again maybe gross fart comedy but making it like um, you know again young something something funny for younger viewers something that families can watch together uh, I agree Feruza Balk uh, mostly because she's smoking hot and uh, that's a money maker right there uh, people are going to look forward to seeing Alicia Silverstone again Again, I, I will write with those characters, or with those actors in mind, I'll write those characters. So, um, the green screen is going to make it a lot easier for me to write more sequences with the dragon. Um, I think because I want this to be more of a family feature, kids are going to have a hard time accepting it if it is not a happy ending. So, I think they find that the a way to reunite the dragon with his family, her family, um, that it turns out that he's not the last one, uh, or that um, all of the dragons have magically disappeared and gone to a special place and he goes there too. Okay. Director, you've been thrown Jason Siegel as a possible Paul Rudd substitute. <clears throat> I mean, I agree, Jason Siegel is a strong choice in a, in a and uh, can certainly fill overfill the shoes of Paul Rudd, I would imagine. Um, the it does. I'm, I can't say I'm not a little disappointed because I'd kind of hoped if this was good enough and successful enough, we might have had our franchise folded into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is just more money for all of us. Who would not love to see Star Lord fight a dragon? Um, oh, by the way, uh, I love the idea of making the movie a little more kid-friendly. We'll keep some of the gross-out gags, but make them a little broader, kind of latter-day Steve Martin or Eddie Murphy. Uh, so I think at this point, then, we, the dragon remains 100% CGI, but we have to up the ante. So the dragon is voiced by the only man who could possibly be more uh, kid-friendly and approachable while still at the same time having the gravitas to make sure the drama plays. And that's the dink. The dragon, the dragon is voiced by Peter Dinklage. There's no, there's no one I look at and think dragon more than Peter Dinklage. I feel like he would be able to have... If he does that whole, like, girls sit down, we have to have a moralizing moment, like he will be able to have that weight so when he uh, explains his, his sadness and loss 
and being separated from his people. You know, it's like uh, it's like uh, when Benji finds his way home after being lost in the wild for so long. Like we sympathize with this creature, except instead of being a dog, this one is a dragon, and that's obviously better because dragon also it can talk, and so we know that the dragon is sad because it says I'm a sad dragon. And that's way better than Benji. We just assume Benji said Benji might have been having the time of his life. Maybe Benji didn't want to go home. I didn't even think of that until just now. Wow. Influences are being ripped apart right in front of my eyes. But, uh, again, I think we take Oliver Plath, we actually dial him back a little bit as the mentor. Because I would perceived him as being more of a bumbling mentor. But I think with the dragon going more kid-friendly, uh, Oliver is going to have to give a uh, level-headed but perhaps inconsistent level of advice and instruction to uh, to our three protagonists. Uh, I think Jason Segel's character becoming the more uh, bumbling, uh, you know, the I think the physical comedy uh, potential for a Jason Segel versus a Paul Rudd is bigger and greater. And so therefore, we're going to maybe have him be a little more headstrong. We're not, we don't want to go like Jack Black. You never go full Jack Black. But you can go further <laughs> along that spectrum and allow him to kind of come off as the jackass that is... You know, not doesn't doesn't need to hear anything from anybody else. You know, it's just willing to go. Fruzabalk uh, remains our oddly huge mouthed yet sexy protagonist, and uh, is the one who is stalwart and 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 uh, consistent in her her striding towards victory. She's the one that's going to develop the relationship with the dragon and kind of pull out the the things he needs. I guess a Felicia Silverstone can't vomit. And Fruzabalk's mouth, I don't know what she's doing here anymore. So I'm going to say we're going to recast her with Phoebe from Friends. And I'm not saying that because I can't remember Lisa Kudrow's name. I mean, I want Phoebe from Friends instead in that role. All right, producer, you still don't have your new title. But you do have Phoebe from Friends... And Jason Siegel added to your cast. And the Dink, don't forget the Dink. And name. Peter Dinklage voicing the dragon. the dragon. Okay. So. Okay. Um, the Jason Siegel casting does have an interesting, potentially uh, uh, complicating problem in the sense that, uh, well, you know, there are some interests in how you have a, a nudity clause in the contract where they, they won't do nudity. Jason has one requiring him to do nudity. Um, now. What this means is that there are two ways to get out of it. One, we have to pay him like ten grand, or we have to let him like ghost write the script a little bit. So I mean, if James is willing to let you know him, so you'll work on the script a little bit. It's fine. Or ten grand. That's that's like I mean, based on our budget, that's that's like nothing. So either one of those would work. Jason's fine. Um, Having two different friends in there would actually cover either one of those because that's what I like to call nostalgia. 90s mm. nostalgia because whether this is a Netflix series or we're releasing the movie, do like an edited thing, a lot of those people who are watching Friends in the 90s now have kids that are going to be in this demographic. And right now, they're going to see, hey, not only is that Lisa Kudrow, but she's playing Phoebe. And they're going to dive in there. They're going to see that and it's in there and it's going to be great because now we don't have people vomiting in other people's mouths, which is wonderful. And that's just perfect. And we're going to have that. We're going to have Jason Segel, which is going to tap into nostalgia for How I Met Your Mother, which is recent nostalgia. And that makes no sense. They have recent nostalgia, but we'll figure that out later in post. And that's perfect. And I'm getting proclaimed right now because, by God, this is a beautiful thing, guys. I mean, this is a beautiful thing. And Peter Dinklage, he's hot right now. And having him show off his, that he's, he's more than just, you know, 
Tyron, you know, that there's more to him than just that. That, yes, he can. He's still in this fantasy, you know, category, but he can do way more in that. That you know, He doesn't just have to work with George R.R. R. Martin. He can do way more with that. And, you know, having that kind of fatherly thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm liking the feel. And I think as far as the new title goes, I still feel like we should have, like, a dragon druid thing in there because that's what it's about. It's not about the green grass. It's not about Stonehenge. It's about the relationship between these druids, the Ferusa Balk and, and the Jason Siegel and the Phoebe Buffet and the Oliver Platt and this spirit English voice dragon. It's about them and their relationship and this dragon missing his people and wanting to get back to them. So, like, you know, the, dru- the, the druid and the dragons or, or the lonely dragon or something like that is what I'm thinking here. And... Again, whether we go for Netflix or series, miniseries, theater, I don't care. We're, we got a license to print money here, guys. Okay. There we have it. The the Druid and the Dragon or something with Stonehenge. Or not Stonehenge. It's the working title of the movie. Uh, the Druids and the Dragon. Let's go The Druids that. and the Dragon. <laughs> so make, breaking it up into four-part miniseries, you've kind of limited yourself to deal with many of the streaming service. But what you're able to, uh, in, in my projection computer here, telling me how your uh, project does, is Google decides to get into the streaming business, and just, they call it Google Stream, or G Stream, because they're not that creative with their names. Or YouTube Red. Or YouTube Red, which, you know, falls, they just rename it Google something, but, but they do an innovative new marketing thing by putting it as the Google Doodle for an entire month. To where it just auto starts playing, so every time someone opens their browser, so everyone in the world has seen the first 30 seconds of the Druids and the Dragon. And apparently, a, a big meme comes out of that because no one, everyone jokes, no one's seen more than 30 seconds <laughs> of the Druids of the Dragon, but it gets lots of clicks because every once in a while, when people are trying to close it, they accidentally hit full screen, which logs as a view. So the view counts are just absolutely through the roof um advanced metrics show that only like seven percent of people have watched the whole thing but no one really cares about that because it becomes a cultural phenomenon jimmy fallon starts doing a recurring uh uh gag about it on his show when we had peter dinklage on during the promotion they put peter dinklage in a giant foam dragon suit and he fought the roots on live tv so you know that just like set it up and created a whole new meme so it's become a cultural phenomenon but when you ask people who have you actually watched it the vast majority of people say no i've just seen that first 30 seconds where jason siegel falls down and farts so based on that you all now have two minutes to make any changes or reflections Upon your the druids and the dragon, Google Doodle phenomenon and cultural phenomenon, starting with our writer. Okay, well, I'm I'm actually really flattered to be uh, that you know some part of my psyche, some part of my person that uh, that has given birth to this, uh, is now a part of pop culture and is a pop culture phenomenon, regardless of the success or failure of the project. It's flattering to be well-known. I feel like there are things that we could improve to make people watch past the first 30 seconds. And part of it is going to be writing compelling dialogue uh, between the characters. You want to find out what they're going to say next. So um, I will work with 
uh, almost anybody. As a writer, I, I will find somebody like Kevin Smith to help me write the dialogue. Because he's written dick and fart jokes. He's very comfortable with that. But he also writes tremendous interactions between characters. And I think that will grab people and hold them. And rather than saying, oh, did you see the first 30 seconds? Let's say, did you watch the whole thing? Have you seen everything that, that they have to say? I am. I think that's... I think that's a great way to get people engaged with these characters, especially, especially when you're talking about '90s icons. You know what what he can do with them. Yep. I, I think it's I think it's a fantastic way to generate more interest and to have a better project overall is to have his assistance with writing jokes and dialogue. So, uh, our director. You don't have two minutes to reflect and make any last-minute changes on the druids and the dragon. Um, <clears throat> I do want to congratulate uh, myself for putting the Colgate product placement within the first 30 seconds of the movie because that certainly helped make sure we got paid. Um, I know a lot of people thought it was really crass to have a uh, almost naked... Jason Seagull slip on a tube of toothpaste that was unwittingly left on the sidewalk and fall down and fart in the first 30 seconds of the movie. But I'll be goddamned if that tube of toothpaste wasn't visibly labeled Colgate in that shot and lovingly framed, I might add. I'd like to thank our cinematographer, actually, as well. Uh, not as much as myself, but partly. Uh, for making sure that that, that... yeah, I mean, we stayed up all night to hit the magic hour to shoot that tube of toothpaste. A lot of people said, why not just get up early and go do it? I said, no, I want my actors to have the gravitas of being up all night before they slip and fart after stepping on a tube of Colgate. Uh, I think that was good. I feel like the movie... Look, Phoebe from Friends did a is a phenomenal actress. Uh, and... It was... I'll admit, uh, look, I'll admit, I, I, I fanboyed out a little bit on set the first day. You know, I, I, it was a dream come true working with her, truly. Um... I kind of, I think, you know, I mean, film is about compromise, and I feel like I will always kind of wonder what could have been had my original vision of uh, Alicia Silverstone vomiting in her mouth to nurse her back to health happened. I think, um, I guess that'll be one of those questions that'll just have to be solved by, uh, you know, internet message boards and slash fic, but... Um, Overall, um, it was it was a positive experience. Overall, um, I found that the streaming medium is a new one, but one that I'm I'm proud to have been a pioneer. All right, well, your producer, uh, the fat Cole Bucks, Colgate Bucks have come in, so oh, yeah. y'all are sitting pretty. You're, oh yeah, you're a cultural phenomenon. How do you feel about the Druids and the Dragon? Uh, I uh, I mean I, I think my, my my nipples tell the story. Uh, <laughs> Um, this has been, uh, I felt positive about this from the, the moment, uh, from the first day of shooting, from the, the way, again, the Colgate thing, like he, like Matt said earlier, the way that we pulled that off and the Google, when Google approached me and told me their plan, I was like, okay, we'll give it a shot. We're taking a lot of risks on this anyway. And then we pulled it off and look at where we are now. And it's just incredible. And would I like more people to have seen the whole thing? Yes. Because I think there's some incredible stuff in the uh, remaining 99.5% uh, of the miniseries. Granted, there is that one scene in episode 3. 
involving uh, Oliver Platt on uh, the goat wagon. Uh, I will say we did about 2,000 takes to that, and that was the best one. Um, that's not saying much, but hey, he's a professional. Uh, but anyway, uh, we made a lot of money off it. I think this is a new era, and uh, we're already working on something new. Um, we have something else coming up, me and uh, P. Dink. That's Peter Dinklage. We call him P. Dink. <laughs> we're uh, we're working on something new with him right now. Uh, he is. Uh, we're gonna be voicing uh, something, and I'm gonna say right now, talking wombats. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say. Talking wombats. Well, there, there you have it, uh, audience. You have the Druids and the Dragon, a cultural phenomenon on Google's new streaming service, starring Lisa Kudrow, aka Phoebe from Friends. Veruca Bulk, Peter Dinklage, Oliver Platt, and Jason Siegel. Uh, and it people do tend with the slight changes you made. People, most people think it's a Colgate commercial, and they keep watching because they realize there's a lot of playtime left. And you actually get a good cult following. People actually cosplay as some of the characters at, at conventions, you know, mostly ironically, it's like the same people who have been doing different versions of Deadpool and like wedding dresses and stuff, they start doing this. Ironic dollars spend the same. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> same. My bank account be bigger either way. Uh, so it, it does well. Like you said, Jimmy Fallon literally runs the bits about the show into the ground <laughs> and nearly ruins his career, so good on you guys. He is the true successor to Jay Leno then. So, but he just keeps going in some way. So... There you have it, the druids and the dragon, and we leave you with a bit of wisdom from our patron saint, Guy Fieri. Oh, Jesus. When cooking for a big crew of hungry dudes who've been sleeping in a parking lot, do not think you can get away with a little fettuccine Alfredo. It's been the movie machine.